Welcome to Chi Alpha at the University of Virginia. This podcast is a collection of messages designed to help you grow in our three anchors of real devotional life, real community, and real responsibility. We hope that you enjoy this message and that it encourages you in your spiritual growth. Alpha. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Amanda Fricky. I graduated from UVA in 2018 with a good degree in biomedical engineering, and now I'm on staff with Chi Alpha, so I'm very excited to be speaking with you all tonight. So a little bit of context for who I am. I grew up right outside D.C. in Arlington, Virginia, with my mom, my dad, and two siblings, a brother and a sister, who are both a good bit older than I am. So both of them are now married, they have a dog, a few kids, and so that makes me the fun young aunt of the family. Lots of nieces and nephews. (laughs) So I live here in Charlottesville with a few other young UVA grads. They're getting a dog. So I'll get really, really serious about it. I'll start doing the research, think about the finances, have done the, like, looked at the different dogs on rescue websites, have even gotten it cleared with our landlords. And then we'll back out and decide that it's too much responsibility. I can't quite make that commitment. It's not the right next step. You see, life in my 20s often feels like I'm still trying to figure out the ins and the outs, the different responsibilities of adulting. And yes, Merriam-Webster has confirmed that adult is now also a verb. It means to behave in a way characteristic of a responsible adult, especially by accomplishing mundane but necessary tasks. So, I turned 25 last month, a whole quarter of a century, and I bought myself a leather purse and felt like such an adult, so mature. (laughs) But as people kept commenting to me about this quarter century milestone, it got me thinking about when, if ever, will I feel like a completely mature, fully responsible adult? Haven't you guys been there? When, When will I ever not just be pretending to be an adult, but will actually just feel like I am living out my life as a fully mature adult. You see, we keep looking ahead and imagining a point in the future when we will be older, when we will be more mature, when we'll be just one more step ahead. But at what point have we finally made it? When am I no longer a minor? But at that point, I was still living with my parents and my mom was honestly doing most of my laundry. It's a little embarrassing, but it was true. So did I become an adult when I left home, when I came to college, when I had to start doing my own grocery shopping and my own laundry? But to be honest, again, I had a meal plan for all four years of college, so I still was not doing any of my own cooking. And it is becoming more and more normal for young adults and grown children to live with their parents, whether that's a way of saving money or just because that is becoming more and more common. So then, am I an adult when I graduate college and get a job and I'm no longer a student? But then what about those of you or all the people who are in grad school or go to law school or medical school? They continue to be a student, but are they not an adult? So then, let's think about finances. Maybe maybe I'm an adult when I'm able to make some kind of mature purchase on my own. Something like a car or even a house or even something small like the leather purse that just feels very adult. Or or does my relationship status somehow define when I graduate into adulthood? Do I finally become an adult when I get married or when I have a kid of my own to care for? But more and more adults are putting off marriage. 
The Pew Research Center says that if the current patterns can, will have never married by the time they are 50 years old. So are 50-year-olds not adults? <laughs> like, that's mind-blowing. <laughs> so the truth is that none of these things are what make us an adult. There's somehow this more elusive idea of maturity that we're aiming for. And this idea of maturity and adulthood is based on the culture and expectations that are around us. See, when we reach adulthood, and even the very definition of maturity comes from our culture. When we think about Jewish traditions, they have bar and bat mitzvahs at 12 and 13-year-olds. There is the quinceanera at age 15 in many Hispanic traditions. The Amish culture marks age 16 with the rumspringa. And Japanese culture and some Chinese cultures have a coming-of-age festival at age 20. There are other cultures that don't mark ages as specific mile markers, but they have milestones of puberty or moments when people are able to memorize and recite important religious texts or when they're able to perform the abilities of a warrior. So maybe you guys have experienced some of these more defined milestones in your life growing up, but what about the more elusive ones in our culture? What does the Western American culture define and value as adulthood? Well, the dictionary definition for adulting that I shared earlier gives a bit of a glimpse into what our American Western culture values. In our culture, maturity is having independence. That's in our practical day-to-day tasks, in our finances, in our emotional and personal stability, all of it. And this is why I think it always feels like something that we have to be striving towards, something that we will never fully reach because we will have never actually done everything. We will never know how to do everything on our own. And we will always need to be with other people in relational community. You see, fully submitting to this idea of independence as a marker of maturity is really to submit to a lifestyle of pride. When we submit to pride, we find satisfaction, even fulfillment in our achievements, in our accomplishments, in our independence. So if this independence is how our culture defines maturity, and independence is connected to pride, then our maturity becomes connected to pride. And this makes sense because pride is the only thing that would allow us to ever believe the lie that we, can, we don't need other people and that we can do it on our own. But this isn't the view of maturity that scripture gives us. Scripture teaches us how to live in humility while still growing in maturity. So how does Scripture define maturity? How do we grow in our maturity in Christ? Well, the passage we are going to read tonight speaks to us in our current interdependent. To be mature in Christ is to be interdependent within the body of Christ. That is a posture of mutual dependence. We both lean on others in a posture of dependence while actively serving others and allowing them to lean on us and depend on us. And this model of maturity is something that we get to walk out now. It's not something we have to wait for, for something external to happen to us, but we get to walk it out and live it out together now. So the passage we're going to read tonight comes at the hinge point of the book of Ephesians. Up until now, Paul has been writing about who we are in Christ— our identity, and our calling. We are people marked by the Spirit. We are one body united in Christ. We are entrusted with the gospel, and we are free from shame. But at the start of chapter 4, Paul moves from the indicative to the imperative. He moves from talking to us, explaining to us what God has done, 
to instead exhorting us about how we must live and be in response. The theme of the first half of the book can be seen in chapter 1, verse 18, where Paul says that he wants us to know the hope to which we have been called. And then the theme for the second half of the book comes in our passage tonight. It's chapter 4, verse 1, where Paul urges us to live a life worthy of the calling we have received. And Paul will spend the rest of the book of Ephesians telling us and teaching us how we live differently in response to our calling. So let's jump in and read the start of Ephesians 4. Verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So there's that phrase we just talked about. Other translations have Paul saying, walk worthy. So now Paul is going to tell us what it looks like to walk worthy. Picking up in verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So here we see Paul circling back on this theme of unity that he already touched on in chapter 2. And when Belka spoke on that passage, she showed us that Paul is pointing to the fact that our unity comes from what God does by the Spirit, not by what we do in the flesh with the circumcision. And this is true. And now here, Paul is, when he's revisiting the topic of unity, he is shifting the focus to our role in how we walk out unity. He tells us to make every effort. We are active in keeping it, not in creating it. But we are still active. We're not passive. Like Belkis told us, we have to fight for unity. It takes intentionality in our actions and in the way we walk. So what does this unity have to do with maturity? Well, let's pick it back up in the text in verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, porting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work." So in the second half of the passage, we see the juxtaposition of diversity and unity. We are called to all reach unity in the one God who is Father of all, over all, through all, in all. This repetition of the word all emphasizing our unity. But at the same time, we have each been given gifts by Christ that we each have a part to play in the building up of the whole body. There is a diversity of gifts and roles that are given to us by God himself. 
And Paul uses the picture of the physical body, as he does in other parts of the New Testament, to help us visualize the importance of both unity and diversity. A body of all hands or feet wouldn't be able to see or hear, just like a body of all bones wouldn't have the actual joints, the ligaments, the muscles, things that are necessary for actual movement. See, each part of the body is unique yet necessary for the overall functioning of the body. When we think about complex things that our bodies do, like pumping blood, digesting food, physical movement, even perceiving and understanding the world around us, all of these things require intricate interactions between different parts of the same body. Have you ever watched a little kid learning to hit a t-ball or a baseball for the first time? And I find it so funny. They try to physically put their eye on the ball. They like, don't know what that means. And it's because they haven't quite understood that though they're having to move their physical arms to, move the, like, to hit the ball with the bat, their eyes are still engaged in forming the hand-eye coordination, that unity. So how is unity and coordination between different parts of the body specifically linked with maturity? Well, verse 13 says that the goal of building each other up is to reach unity and become mature. And this one mature body stands in direct contrast with the use of the word infants in the plural, which immediately follows in verse 14. See, when infants is plural, it is describing us in our current immature and individualist state. And this describes all of us. That's you, that's me, that's Pete, that's your mom, your granddad. All of us on earth are described as infants, the most immature beings that we can imagine. You see, Christ is the only one who is mature. And we are only mature when we are united in Christ. Unity is closely linked with maturity because we all seek to move towards the example of maturity that Christ gives us the example that he gives us in his very person, in the person of Jesus. And we find that when we are all moving towards each other, together towards Christ, the head of the body, Jesus. So let's unpack this a bit more. We said before that to be mature in Christ is to be interdependent within the body of Christ. That is that I need you and you need me. So as individuals, we are infants, Yet we have each been, have an important role to play in growing into maturity. So this means that being interdependent is two-sided. We are not entirely independent because we actively lean on others in the body of Christ and community around us. We are also not entirely dependent because we take an active part in using our gifts to build up and serve those around us. We are all dependent on God, but we are mutually dependent on each other. So let's look at the first part of that. Why can't we be entirely independent? Why do we need to be dependent within community in order to grow? I want you to think back to the pear tree that Pete brought up here last week. If it stayed in its pot for its entire life, how much do you think it could grow? It would never be able to expand its roots, so it probably wouldn't grow very tall, and I can't really imagine that it would ever produce very many pears. But that exact same tree when it is planted in Pete's yard, will be able to grow. It can grow up to 30 feet when it is fully mature, and it will likely have a harvest of it. But in the ground, it can grow. There is no growing into spiritual maturity with just us working on ourselves as individuals. 
It is through deep involvement in community and through the increasing intimacy of relationships that we grow into maturity. The other reason we need to mature in community is that we need to lean on others to keep us steady in the midst of waves and wind. Verse 14 says that as infants, we are tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. So a couple of pictures came to my mind for this. I thought about one time when I went to the beach as a little kid and there was a big storm or the remnants of some hurricane or big storm coming through. And I was walking on the boardwalk with my family. We were wearing raincoats. And I remember it was so windy that with every gust of wind, I felt like I was going to be picked up and blown away because it was so much stronger than I was as this little kid. So I remember desperately holding on to the hands of the people around me to keep me grounded in those gusts of wind that... I didn't want to be blown away. And then the other picture that came to mind was going to a water park with my family as a little kid. And my brother took me under one of those big buckets that fills with water and then dumps out all at once. It was exhilarating. But then, later in the day, I wanted to go back and experience it by myself. So under (laughs) that same amount of water, that same force of water, without my brother's hands there to hold me up, I was crushed to the ground. And I ended up with scraped knees, scraped hands, and I did not feel powerful. I felt crushed. I felt small. I felt powerless. See, in our culture, we tend to think about faith on such an individual basis. But the reality is that we aren't strong enough on our own. We need God, and we need each other. As Gordon Fee, a New Testament scholar, says, to view our salvation as just one-on-one with God and not be joined to the rest of God's people is a pagan view of the gospel. Our reconciliation is to both God and each other. We are dependent on both God and on each other. So is a personal devotional life important? Yes. Is a personal relationship with Jesus important? Absolutely. But can you mature without community? No. We need people for the practical moments in our lives, for the moments of adulting when we're learning how to do something new, or when we are stuck or helpless, maybe when we're sick or our car breaks down. And we need people for the moments when we just feel alone or weak, powerless, in the midst of the wave through it. We also need the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers in our lives who will hold us steady in the fundamental truths of the gospel. And we need to be in relationship with people who will speak the truth in love and will remind us of the foundational truths of God's character. We need people to whom we can confess and who can extend God's grace to us in the priesthood of all believers. We need all of these things within community. Can I tell you one way that you can know that you are operating dependently within the community, within the body of Christ. It's when you're close enough to get hurt. When you've let yourself depend on people and trust them and lean on them, and then they've disappointed you. Because all of us are imperfect and we will let each other down. But how do you respond in these moments? What is the mature response? I think it looks like staying close even when you're hurt. We are broken people who depend on one another, but our ultimate source is Jesus. So when we allow God to be the real source of our dependence, we are empowered to stay within the body, 
to extend grace, and to serve those around us. See, what God does in us, he wants to do through us. And if we ignore this, then we will not mature in our faith, and we will not experience her in our faith if we remain entirely dependent within community, and then we leave whenever it gets hard. God has offered us his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and this is what we are then asked to offer in service to others. This is where independence does come into play in our maturity. We have to stand firm in our individual foundation with Jesus in order to pour out forgiveness and grace and humble service to others. We said earlier that believing we can be entirely independent is prideful, but I think allowing ourselves to be dependent on others without serving is also another form of pride. If we stop our definition of maturity here at just being dependent, then we are giving in to the idol of self. We are saying that we are more important than others, that we believe that we should be served more than we should ever serve others. And that is pride. You can visualize this as the difference between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. There should be a map that can go on the screen. Um, They're both fed by the same water from the Jordan River. The Sea of Galilee teems with life. There are fishermen that are able to make their living based off of the fish that are in this sea, and it is surrounded by luscious green growth. The Dead Sea is fed by the same water. By the, the difference is that the Sea of Galilee has both an inlet and an outlet. It gets, and then it gives. The Dead Sea, in contrast, has no outlet. It just gets and keeps. So as it gets water, as the water evaporates and the salt is left behind, that accumulation of salt allows there to be no life. There is no, there is no life. It is dead and it is stagnant. When we take a completely dependent posture within community, we are the same. We are dead and we are barren. We are not growing and we are not maturing. We must receive but we must also pour out and serve those around us. Let us mature in our walks with God by pouring out onto others the love that he has so lavishly poured on us. Let us not walk in pride, but let us walk as humble servants as Jesus has called us to be. Let others depend on you in mutual dependence. It says in verse 12 that the role of the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers is to equip people for service. They equip, but we all serve. Nobody is exempt from this call to serve and build up the church. And this act of pouring out love and serving those around us doesn't have to be impractical or unachievable. Welcoming those around you, reaching out to people, and extending the love of Christ— This can be serving in a church or in a local community center. This can simply be listening to people and being with them in the midst of the waves and wind that are stronger than them and that are going on in their own lives. So if we grow in maturity in Christ by operating interdependently in the body, then where do you find yourself needing to grow? Do you need to be less independent Do you need to learn to lean on those around you and on Christ? Do you need to let people in about what is going on in your life? The waves, the winds, the questions, the doubts, the challenges. 
and allow them to hold you steady and point you to Christ in the midst of it. Or maybe you've just been checking out faith for the first time and have never fully entrusted your life to Christ. As you reflect, can you admit that you can't do it on your own? Because that's okay. Because God's grace allows us to lean on him. That he says he will love us unconditionally, no matter how mature, how independent, or how adult we ever aim to be. That we, are, we don't have to do it all on our own. And we don't have to have it all figured out for him to be present with us. Or, are you on the other side? Do you need to be less dependent on fellow broken people? And instead, allow Christ to be your strength. And then turn to offer that in service to those around you. Do you need to take ownership and step up to serve the community and the body around you in some way? God has given each each of us gifts. Are you using them for others? When we live and grow interdependently, I need you to mature and you need me to mature. But most importantly, we all need Jesus. We are interdependent within the body, but dependent on Christ, dependent on the head of the body. We are in Christ, the only one who is fully mature, and who not only keeps us steady in the midst of waves and wind, but he calms the waves and the winds. He has defeated them. We started this passage with Paul exhorting us to live a life worthy of our calling. But we can only be worthy, we can only walk worthy when we are in Christ, because Christ is the only one who is worthy. So we walk worthy in him. Tonight's message is a very important message. That if we're going to mature, be mature in Christ, I need you, you need me, and we need Jesus. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? So if you're uh, sitting beside somebody who's a core group member, or maybe you're in your room watching this alone, maybe you can pick up your phone and text your, your core group, group, group me, group chat, and say, I need you, you need me, and we need Jesus. Because that is the reality of the Christian life. If we are going to mature, thank you, Amanda, for making it so clear to us. If we're going to mature to be everything God wants us to be, let me even say this. If we as a fellowship are going to be who God wants Chi Alpha to be at the University of Virginia, then here's what's true. You need me, and I need you, and we need Jesus. Together, we can grow into maturity and be all God wants us to be on grounds. Amen. Well, thank you for a wonderful word, Amanda. We really appreciate that. For the benediction tonight, shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and turn his countenance towards you. And may he give you peace as we live this out interdependent where I need you, you need me, and we need Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week following Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Chi Alpha at the University of Virginia podcast. For more information, you can visit our website, xaatuva.com.